If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email is Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Show. Should you want to connect with us on Facebook, watch the program live or on demand, good to be here. Thank you for, for tuning in, listening to the program um, so now we see, now we're beginning to see uh, the first Democratic, what do I want to say, the first uh, Democrat break, break from Nancy Pelosi. There's a Democrat in the state of Michigan, Brenda Lawrence is her name. I'm looking at a Fox News article. <gasps> Gasp, if anyone in the audience is a far leftist, take it easy. Fox News. Let's look at what the news says. Let's not get too much into what the logo in the upper left-hand corner of the website says here, which says Fox News. Let's ignore that for just a moment. Let's look at what the report is. And that report is that Michigan Democrat Representative Brenda Lawrence who Fox News points out as a prominent supporter of Kamala Harris, and that she has previously supported the impeachment inquiry into President Trump, abruptly announced on Sunday that she no longer saw any value in the process and called for her fellow Democrats to throw their support behind a symbolic censure revolution. We talked about this briefly yesterday. We talked about the possibility that the Democrats were going to try to shift unnoticed, I supposed, I suppose, into this idea of censure instead of impeachment. Because we've talked about the polling, the polling is moving against the Democrats now. The only folks who want impeachment are Democrats. Independents moved from about 50-50 split back in October to now one in three, only one in three, supporting the idea of impeaching President Donald J. Trump. And so, so we're beginning to see the first kink in the armor here amongst the Democrats talking now about censure. And so be prepared for more of this potentially. I still don't know. Nancy Pelosi runs a very tight ship, as they say. Nancy Pelosi is not going to be, um, she's, as I, as I said before, she, the moment she announced that this was going to happen, that President Trump uh, 
was going to be, well, as I see it, the target of an impeachment inquiry. The moment she she announced that, she had this as a political victory. She would never have announced it if she didn't think she could actually get away with it, actually see through the actual articles of impeachment. And of course, there's stories about the articles of impeachment, what those might be. Just because there's one Democrat here does not mean that we've ventured into the territory where it's too far for the Democrats to still get this passed through. I simply wanted to point out that this is not a good sign. Not a good sign for the Democrats. I want to say this, too. I want to say this, too, about Representative Brenda Lawrence. I, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, the U.S. voters, the American people, should not let these folks get away with this. Because I'm telling you, these folks do not look at this the way that the American voter, I guess, presumes or wants them to look at this. These folks look at this as as far as how does this benefit them and their party politically. Now, this representative here, Brenda Lawrence, has made the calculation that it is not in her best interest to be on the ballot in 2020 in the state of Michigan having to have an impeachment vote on her record, right? The voters of her state, less than a year, we're under a year now, I'm looking at the you know the the next election where it's less than a year away and she has uh, she wants to be their congresswoman again and she's made the calculation that winning winning her district winning her uh, representative seat once again is going to be much harder to do should she cast a vote in favor of impeachment that's all this is about Brenda Lawrence was not convinced through this process that Trump is suddenly I don't know, not worthy of being impeached. Brenda Lawrence says, hey, folks, folks in Congress, Nancy Pelosi, the show that you put on in Washington, D.C. for these past couple of months, or really you could say the past, well, the entire term of Trump's, uh, Trump's presidency, has not done the job. It has not given me enough political cover to vote for impeachment. Now, I'm sure Brenda Lawrence, if she didn't get it yesterday, is probably getting a phone call, maybe a personal visit from Nancy Pelosi, maybe the House Majority Whip, maybe other Democratic leaders to apply some pressure here. Right? We've already been told for some time. In fact, Trump talked about this yesterday, I saw. The, what is it, the U.S. Uh, the USMCA. United States, Mexico, Canada trade deal has been sitting ready for Nancy Pelosi and Democrats in Congress to pass that for some time. They have the votes and all of this, but they've not passed this, right? Trump's out there saying it's time to get this done. It's way past time. Nancy can do it. If Nancy doesn't act, at some point, Mexico and Canada might say, hey, we're not waiting any longer, and they might scrap the deal and that's not a good thing for the American people. That's what Trump's out there saying. By the way, right, right to apply some pressure here on Speaker Nancy Pelosi. But Nancy Pelosi is using this. Reports are she's using this to say, if you want this, uh, you know, if you want to see this go through, I need your help on 
on impeachment. And Nancy Pelosi should not be underestimated. I know I say this on this program, not underestimated. You can, you can underestimate the, the, the success of her, of her plans as far as once they're voted into law, right? She famously said or infamously said that she had to pass a bill in order to know what was in it. I believe that was with Obamacare. I mean, the wisdom of that, <laughs> the wisdom of that is something that I'm sure you want to pass on to your children, right? The, the, the wisdom there. In order to know whether or not something's good or not, you just have to do it. You have to do it and then see what happens. That's according to the wisdom of Nancy Pelosi. It reminds me of, you know, I'm a fan. I, I was in the earlier years a fan of a show called Modern Family. I think this is its last last season. I haven't really watched it in a while, but good, funny show. I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I remember one of my favorite characters, Phil Dunphy, had a book that he wrote called Philosophy. A little play on words there. Philosophy, not philosophy. Philosophy. And I wonder if this would be in Nancy Pelosi's book of book of wisdom, whatever she would call it. But in order to know if something's good or bad, you have to do it first and then find out. So there's lots of things wrong. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. She's the ideas that she's advancing the political agenda that she's advancing, all of that stuff, bad, bad for the American people, not good, not good for the direction this country needs to go, not good for liberty and all those things. But I'm talking about her ability, her ability to get politically what she wants done. I'm not necessarily commending or applauding this, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that she has a very good ability to drive through her agenda. And no matter how many times she tells you in front of the cameras that she's upset and on the verge of tears and just oh, just so upset and bothered by the idea that Congress would have to investigate President Donald J. Trump, have this impeachment inquiry, that is all that's all for show. That's all for your consumption, for my consumption. The the real Nancy Pelosi is who walks in the doors that are shut inside the Democrat caucus meeting, wherever they hold these things, in the Capitol building or somewhere in D.C. And they strategically talk about these things. It's been the plan. You know, Nancy Pelosi was against the idea of impeachment, not because she didn't think Trump was worthy. She doesn't even think in those terms. I, I That's the one thing I wish more people would understand. She doesn't think whether or not President Trump is you know, ju- is justified in being impeached. She thinks, what can I get away with? What can we get away with to advance our agenda? That's what they think. That's how they talk. That's what the content of their meetings is about. That's what, that's it. That is how this goes down. That is the focus. That is the intent. Right. And so now they've determined that I- impeachment was the way to go. And when Nancy Pelosi made that announcement in her mind, and by her account, she had the votes. They just had to go through the process. They had to go through the process before they could get away with just voting. If they didn't care anything about what you and I thought, they just would have voted for impeachment the day that she announced it. But we had to go through this dog and pony show. And remember, remember, they had a dry run. A dry run behind closed doors that that this representative in, in Michigan leaves out of the equation here, right? She she leaves us out, Brenda Lawrence. She's now against impeachment, instead arguing for maybe censor uh, censorship of President Trump. 
President Trump, you've been bad. Effectively is where that stops. She's in favor of that. Congress to come out and officially, by a vote, tell the president we don't like that. To draw the metaphorical line in the sand telling President Trump that his abuse of presidential powers will will stop here and nothing will be allowed uh, remotely close to this again. His hand will be smacked. He will be told to get in his lane and not cross into the into the domain of, of what belongs to Congress. That's effectively what this is about. But see, she saw Representative Lawrence here. She knew what was going on behind closed doors. She had all the notes. She was she was briefed on what was happening, even though we weren't. Even though we didn't know, of course we did know, but we didn't know officially what was happening behind closed doors. They were they were pleased with that. They thought that they had accomplished something with these these meetings behind closed doors. They thought that it was a good enough performance, their, their, their practice run there in the Capitol, in the dungeon that was being managed by one Adam Schiff, who, by the way, I've said for a while this guy is not a, a trustworthy, uh, commendable representative. And I think that it it's glaringly obvious at this point, glaringly obvious that this guy is um, truly a political hack. But nonetheless... Brenda Lawrence is now representative from the state of Michigan, Democrat. She's in a district, I think, that Trump won by seven points, I think. I I think I read that. I'd have to double-check that, but I think that's what it said when I read this article. Anyway, now she's out there saying she can't vote for impeachment. She's she's in favor of of censorship. So we'll see if she she maintains that course. We'll see if others follow. We'll see what Nancy Pelosi does what Nancy Pelosi is going to leverage. And we'll see if the Democrats can can have the votes to pass impeachment. I still think we have to be prepared for this to go to the Senate. And I think we need to begin to think about what that's going to look like and how much pressure certain senators are going to be under, how many senators are going to be talking about seriously considering removing President Trump from office, particularly Republicans. We know that the Democrats will... By and large, although this this development shows that maybe, just maybe, there might be divisions in the ranks of Democrats as well. But latest development with impeachment, still have to be prepared, folks, for this to go to the Senate for impeachment articles to be presented, articles of impeachment, and for impeachment to be passed in the House, even though there are signs now, some very strong signs that there is division and concern amongst some of the House members who are Democrats and have to run in, in, in districts and states that Trump won back in 2016, they think that the performance fell short. And they're worried about what it means for their political fortune or futures and, and political lives in that sense. So I've got to take a time out here. Uh, when we get back, maybe a little bit more about this. And I want to get into another uh, another article I read. Another article I read that talked about Political vengeance, folks. Vengeance from the voters. I want to talk about that as well as the program comes together. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Caution. Contents of this program may cause you to lean to the right. Back in just a second.
back. By the way, this program is brought to you by the good folks at the Scott Smith team, Keller Williams, south side of Indianapolis. Scott and his team, um, they are really good at what they do. And I think if you're looking to sell your home, if you're looking to sell your home, which by the way, I know it's not always conventionally um, – uh, can, well, it's not part of the conventional wisdom to list your home this time of year. But there may be a good reason to do that. And you may find that the benefits of doing that outweigh waiting until spring. If that's you, if you're considering that, I know it's Thanksgiving, Christmas. Some folks, you know, just you have other other priorities at this point in time. But it may be a good time to have that conversation with someone from Scott and his team. You want to you want to work with the best. They're in the top 1% of real estate agents or real estate offices, I should say, on the south side of Indianapolis. They will sell their home or will sell your home or they'll buy it themselves. So there's a guarantee there. They take away the risk. They have lots of uh, lots of ways that they help you do that. They get an average uh, purchase price that's higher than industry standards industry uh the, you know the, the average in the industry and so these folks are really good and when you're dealing with something of this size what may be the biggest investment that you have if not the biggest definitely one of the biggest you want to deal with folks who you know will get the job done and get it done right so if this describes you maybe thinking about selling your home i encourage you to speak with scott and his team you can find out more by visiting scottsmithteam.com or call 317-884-5000, 317-884-5000 in the metro Indianapolis area. Be sure to tell them that Todd sent you. So we're talking about impeachment here. We're talking about Democrats, the first Democrat now showing uh, that she's not really down with the idea, Representative Brenda Lawrence, down with the idea of impeaching president trump i mean don't get me wrong she's down with the idea don't be confused by that she wants to be able to cast this vote she would love nothing more than to cast this vote and for this to be the uh, what's politically acceptable in her state in her district in this political climate but now we're starting to see that it's not we're starting to see that it's not. And I don't think we should let folks like Representative Brenda Lawrence get away with this politically, right? I, look, and I say this, I don't have any personal will. We're going to talk about political vengeance here in a minute. read an article about this. It's something that uh, – not something that I adhere to. I, I Look, we need to, we need to hold people accountable for what they've allowed to happen in – Congress. We need to hold people accountable for the ideology that's being forwarded by their political party. Now, Brenda Lawrence could be out here defending the president if she thinks impeachment's a bad idea. Brenda Lawrence could be out speaking against socialism if she thought socialism was a bad idea. Brenda Lawrence could be out speaking about the ills of Abortion. She could be talking about uh, the the morally well, the moral problems of abortion. She could be doing all these things. She could be leading a charge to reclaim control of the Democrat Party. And candidly, I would applaud that. 
I would applaud that if moderates, uh, those that weren't socialists, those who were pro-life Democrats would get control of their political party once again. But that is a pipe dream in this environment. The party is continuing to go further left. The party is continuing to move towards just open socialism, completely open. They're not even, you know, it used to be an insult. In fact, I would say even five years ago, it was an insult to say that someone calls someone a socialist. Now it's a badge of honor in the Democrat Party. They consider it something that they should be applauded you know, for or commended for. Maybe get one of these uh, congressional medals. Maybe they could give each other medals and you know, host, uh, host dinners for one another, talking about the wonders of socialism, the promises of big government. We got Elizabeth Warren out there, and we're going to talk about this, probably get into it next segment. But Elizabeth Warren out there selling merchandise on her website or wherever it is. She's got um, all sorts of promises. You can read the, well, you can read her uh, about her ideas on the website. But even when you you shop for merchandise, you can find that you know, she has, for example, a cup, this uh, coffee mug that says "Billionaire Tears." Billionaire Tears. Billionaires are going to be crying if. Elizabeth Warren is elected president because she's going to come after them. She's going to target them. We talked about her website. We talked about the calculator that she has on her website that if you want to know not just what a billionaire is going to pay under her scheme to save America and make it into a utopia, but she'll tell you what individual billionaires will be playing, will, will, will be paying. You want to know what Zuckerberg's going to pay? You can click a link that says click to see what Mark Zuckerberg is going to pay or whoever, whatever other billionaire names. I, there's several on there, right? There's several on her, her page. She's targeting folks. This is what this has gotten into today. And, and Brenda Lawrence, who's now standing out against apparently this idea of impeachment. She's now out there. I mean, she could actually be doing a whole lot to eradicate the problems, the real problems of the Democrat Party. This impeachment process is is largely a symptom of the real problems. The real problems of the Democrat Party in, include the ideology of the Democrat Party, which includes socialism, which includes uh, abortion, which includes uh, you know just their position on on defense. The only government program, the only government spending they're ever in favor of cutting is that of defense. I'm not saying defense should be. Unlimited. I'm not saying defense budget never needs to be cut or evaluated. I'm just simply saying that's the only part of the budget they eagerly look. They eagerly look to cut. Everything else needs to be spent. Uh, more money needs to be spent. More promises need to be made. A greater utopia needs to be delivered or at least promised by these politicians and so forth. Brenda Lawrence knew all the stuff that was going to come out about impeachment back when she cast her vote to open the impeachment inquiry, right? That, that's what they did. They, they knew what was going to happen. They act like this is some, you know, a natural process. The only natural process here is how much the American people were persuaded one way or another by this impeachment process, not, not whether Congress was. They let this show play out, and they think, man, we didn't convince people. In fact, we pushed them the other direction. 
So now she wants to be the first to jump ship. And I guess to some degree, I, I just I don't want to applaud her because it's simply political survival. That's all that this is. It's all that this is, political survival. Nancy Pelosi, as I said, will be contacting her if she hasn't already. And there will be consequences for this. Nancy Pelosi is going to try to keep it together. And before we start jumping with joy that impeachment is not going to leave the House, uh, we should we should wait and see how this plays out because, because we're a far cry from that. There needs to be quite a few more Democrats join Brenda Lawrence and Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi decided when she announced the impeachment inquiry that it was time for President Trump to be impeached. And so she's not going to have a political loss if she can prevent it. So enough about that this morning, although there's lots of lots of other things we could talk about. But I want to shift gears when we get back and talk a little bit about this concept of political vengeance. The political vengeance voter, according to this piece, as we look at the 2020 election, people, um, the motivations for political, uh, well, to vote. And I want to look at this article. I find it interesting, and I want to talk about it. When we get back, I'll post it to Facebook here in a few as well, but I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Mentioned yesterday, mentioned yesterday that there is a workshop in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis on December 6th. It actually runs also December 7th, but day one is December 6th. It's called Heaven in Business. Heaven in Business workshop in Indianapolis on December 6th. This is a workshop. In fact, I spoke with the director. Of having a business yesterday, we'll play that a little bit um, well early next week. I'll, I'll share that conversation I had with him. And the reason I think this is important is because you know, as as we've talked about, we have politics is a symptom of of culture, and so what we see in our culture, what we see reflected in our values, we see turned into politics. It's much more rare in my estimation for politics to drive culture, although there's certainly attempts at that, and you could probably point out examples. But typically culture changes, and then we see politicians politicians amend their approach, adjust their approach, and then they, they, they become what they believe society wants, right? And so – We've seen the, the movement towards socialism. We've seen some of these other things. And so I think that one of the things we can do as conservatives, in particular in this example, Christian conservatives, is we've got to become better. We've got to become better in the cultural debate. Now, we can't just start screaming at people. We can't just start telling them that they're wrong and we're right. We have to genuinely just be people with them. We have to have... You know, conversations when necessary, but they've got to see in us. They've got to see in us things that make them see that there's not a need for government to force people to do good things because people choose to do good things on their own. And that's why this 
this heaven and business workshop appeals to me. And by the way, I will be there on Friday, December 6th. So if you are one that thinks, I would like to find ways, I would like to find ways to, um, you know, you could say be a, you know, live out my, my faith in the, in the workplace. I'd like to feel like what I'm doing is part of maybe my calling by God. Um, if you would like to just know practical ways that you could not just think of the work week as this grind that you have to get through, but rather something that uh, is just part of your life, a way that you could you can worship God through your work. Work isn't a bad thing. Work can be. Work can take over our lives. But work isn't bad. Work is work is good. And so this Heaven Business Workshop talks about these things, how how God can use you right where you are, how you can uh, you know begin to to do good in the workplace, living out your faith. And I'm not saying beat people over the head with the Bible or anything like that. Just just to live in ways that are are good and pleasing. And so if you'd like to learn more about that and get some practical tips and advice and talk through some things, consider vis- uh, attending this event, Heaven and Business, the workshops in Indianapolis on December 6th. To learn more, visit heaveninbusiness.com slash events. That's heaveninbusiness.com slash events. So we're going to continue this talk on culture here because I read this piece this morning. And this was in, I think I came across this in Drudge. It's at theweek.com, written by Bonnie Christian. Headline, it's an opinion piece. Welcome to the vengeance election. And I feel like, you know, this this addresses kind of the intersection of culture and politics. And she's the one, I referenced this bug earlier on Elizabeth Warren's website, but she says the fastest selling item in the online campaign shop of the of Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat Massachusetts, is a mug emblazoned billionaire tears. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but this is not unlike uh, you've seen some other places that have coffee mugs that says liberal tears. And so she reads the product description here. Savor a warm, slightly salty beverage of your choice in this union-made mug as you contemplate all the good a wealth tax could do. The product description suggests listing off universal child care, student debt cancellation, universal free college, and more. And more. What else could you get? I mean, I, what else can Elizabeth Warren give us? I mean, this is, a, this is pure utopia. As the benefits of Warren's plan to raise taxes on the uber uber rich, so she has so many things she's willing to give you if you just vote for her, so that she can target the billionaires. I don't. It's, there's no. There's no word if they get a complimentary mug. She might send them a mug. This might make for a good Instagram video. Her and her husband. Her and her husband packing these mugs up. She can say, "Honey, grab me a beer. <laughs> grab me a beer." We got some coffee mugs to send to the billionaires. She might she might even send them without postage paid. She might somehow find a way to make them have to even pay for the postage and the coffee mug. She might she might take that money from them as well for the cost of the coffee mug. But she, the article continue, you know, I got to stop and take a break. I'm going to continue this because I think this is important. 
this idea of vengeance, this idea of targeting people, this idea of making them hurt, going after them, getting even, vengeance elections. She's right to a degree. She's wrong to a degree in this article, and I want to kind of unpack that in the time that we have remaining. But I've got to take a break. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. We'll we'll pick up here with this uh, this article and the topic when we return. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. I just wanted to share during the the break here. If you hadn't seen this, um, this has a bit of a I guess a personal impact on on me, but uh, the nation of uh, of Albania has apparently had a six point four magnitude earthquake, and reports are coming out about the damage. And there's at least been I, I think I think uh, we we've seen eleven reported deaths. And uh, from what I understand, there's people that are still trapped in trapped in in rubble, and and uh, we're still trying to get information on that. Um, but we have, you know, when I when I went to D.C. a couple, well, I guess a month or so ago now, my son and I went with uh, my brother and, and his wife, my sister-in-law, and then we met another couple, um, Yinsi and Ariona, who live in Albania, friends of, of my brother's. He's a pastor, and um, they were in D.C. with us, and so it actually hit either – in their hometown or obviously affected. It's a small country, affected, um, impacted their, their hometown as well. So just wanted to share that with, uh, with you as well. Uh, some, some, um, well, just this um, tragic sort of situation that, that we're still uh, getting some information about. I want to shift gears here, uh, and, and as we did before the break, I guess, and, and continue this, this concept of the vengeance election, the vengeance election. And I'm, I'm referencing this article, which I'll post to Facebook, written by Bonnie Christian. Welcome to the vengeance election. The week.com is where this is uh, posted. She continues here where I left off. But come on, a pure hearted devotion to doing good isn't while this, uh, why this mug is selling so well. It's selling because of the other half of the description, which recounts the time Billionaire Leon Cooperman, quote, was brought to tears on live television while discussing the prospect that a president, Elizabeth Warren, might require him to pay his fair share in taxes. I love it, his fair share. They, they focus group and study these terms. His fair share brought him to tears. The writer continues, it's selling because in this political movement, as Cato Institute scholar Walter Olson remarked, the way, the quote, the way the, uh, to rally a mass following is to promise to hurt and humiliate the people they hate, end quote. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the voter, and the ballot box will be the instrument of my wrath. So she continues here pointing out that, that you know, I think it's 40% of uh, of both parties say the other party is evil. 40% of Democrats say the Republicans are evil. 40% of Democrats or Republicans say that Democrats are evil. Downright evil. 
downright evil. So we have this, again, culture feeds into politics. Culture feeds into politics. You won't hear me saying, and I know maybe to the chagrin of some of you, maybe maybe some of you wish that I that I would, but it's just not the way that I see it. I don't see the average Democrat voter as as evil. I think some of the the ideology is morally bankrupt with socialism. I think some of it is uh, evil in the case of of abortion. Some of these abortion laws, abortion in general, but but specifically some of this stuff is so out of control and, and, and wicked. But I think if I if if now there are certainly people who want to promote evil, right? I just feel like they're in the minority. These aren't it's not widespread. People can be duped into believing these these evils as being good things because of the messaging and the way that they're portrayed. It's like the movie. I just shared the interview uh with with uh, Ashley Bratcher, right? She played um, the the woman at Planned Parenthood who worked there for a long time, thought she was doing good things until she went in and actually witnessed the abortion. And when she saw the abortion, she couldn't do it anymore. She was crushed by this. She was bothered tremendously by this. Her her soul was heavily burdened, and now she's doing great things to help people who feel trapped because they can't find other jobs. She's helping them move out of positions at Planned Parenthood. I've helped over over 500 people to move away from those positions that they're morally, you know, just just think it's a moral outrage, right? Folks that work there that are morally outraged that want to move on, she's helping them to do that so good things can come. But you will not find me. Ever once, and I would venture to say the vast majority of you as well, wanting a political victory to stick it to somebody else, to cause them pain. Actually, what I want is a society that allows all of us, by virtues of our freedoms and liberty, to be able to achieve and do and pursue whatever it is, whatever it is that's built into our hearts or whatever our dreams, whatever our uh, passions are to be able to pursue those. Have more to say about this, but the clock tells me that I just can't do it right now, so I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. up really quickly this idea of political vengeance this idea of a coffee mug that elizabeth warren has that she's selling on her website that says billionaire tears see this this is different in my estimation at least the way i look at it from comparing that to the coffee mugs that you've seen that say liberal tears see the liberal tears coffee mugs is kind of i guess uh i'm sure there's some that want to see more liberals crying i that's that's I don't want to deny that, but to me, they already were acting hysterically after the 2016 election, and so the coffee mug is just kind of, I guess, having a little bit of fun with how they've reacted. The billionaire coffee mug says, effectively, we want to cause these people to cry. We want to cause them great distress. We want to stick it to them, make them pay their fair share. They're the reason. They're the reason that you're struggling, America. Anyway, not the way I look at it at all. Political vengeance is not a motivation of mine. 
The clock is, however. I've got to wrap up. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. STG, take care.